Good morning. Welcome to Trinity Community Church. Uh, we're glad that all of you have come to join us. And if you're joining us on Zoom, we're really glad that you've come to join us that way as well. We thank the Lord for the technology that we can all uh, come together as the body of Christ worshiping on Sunday. So um, good, good of you to be here. We hope that God has been working in your life already um, this week to prepare you to be in his presence with his people. Um, hopefully this morning he's already been meeting you. But whatever it is that you've been um, encountering this week, whether positive or negative, um, or this morning, know that the Lord God is present. Um, I wanted to read you from Zephaniah. This is one of my favorite pre-scripture readings. It says, the Lord your God is in your midst. So that's the first thing to think about. God is here with us, which is pretty amazing when you think about it. Um, he says, he's a mighty one who will save. He will rejoice over you with gladness. He will quiet you by his love. So whatever you're going through today, I pray that the Holy Spirit would remind you of God's love for you and that that would quiet your anxiety um, if you're having that. He will exalt over you with loud singing. That seems incredible. God's going to celebrate over us. I mean, we know that we come to celebrate him, right? But that's the truth in Scripture, that God celebrates over us as well. Let's uh, pray together, and then if you're able to stand, we'll stand as we begin our worship. Lord God, we thank you that you have promised by your scripture that you are in our midst. And Lord, that's almost too, just too big of a concept to, to grasp that you are here. But Lord, you are an infinite God, but also a personal God. And so we thank you that you dwell with your people, that you've promised to do that, and we can trust you in that. Um, Lord, we thank you that you exalt over us. Um, we don't really even understand what that means, but we thank you, Lord. Um, and we pray that we could bring you joy in our worship of you this morning. And um, Lord, teach us this morning as well, we pray in Christ's name. Amen. If you're able to stand, let's stand together and raise our voices to him. Church. 
out ashore, we hear them call. Truth that cries through every age. Our God is coming all. Rejoice! Rejoice! Lamb who is worthy 
shall be said, build up, build up, prepare the way, remove every obstruction from my people's way. For thus says the one who is high and lifted up, who inhabits eternity, whose name is holy. I dwell in the high and holy place, and also with him who is of a contrite and lowly spirit, to revive the spirit of the lowly, and to revive the heart of the contrite. Brought me to life. 
Jesus, we thank you for your grace in our life. Um, we thank you, Lord, that it saves us when we could not save ourselves. Lord, and as the song says, it gives us power to do what is right. Well, Lord, this morning we confess before you that we do not always do what is right. In fact, we um, continue, as, as Paul says, to do the things that we don't want to do and not do the things that we know we want to and that we should. So, Lord, um, we spend some time before you this morning in confession asking for your forgiveness, coming again to your cross. Lord, and praying again for the power in our life to do what's right, to uh, hit the mark and not miss it, Lord, to please you. So we pray this morning that you would hear our prayer. Lord, we thank you that you are faithful to forgive, and we pray for more power in our life. Thank you for being our King and our Savior. i 
victorious through the strife for those he came to save his glories now we sing who died and rose on high who died eternal life to bring and lives that death may die crown him the lord
Jerusalem to the nations we will go from Jerusalem Lord let your healing flow from Jerusalem just like in days of old to the world we go shout it out send us out and we will go send your power let it flow lord take us to the world every tribe and every tongue it's your will that all may come lord take us to we will go from Jerusalem let your healing flow from Jerusalem just like in days of old to the world we will go to the world the hearing of his holy scripture psalm 85 lord you were favorable to your land you restored the fortunes of jacob you forgave the iniquity of your people you covered all their sin you withdrew all your wrath you turned from your hot anger Restore us again, O God, of our salvation, and put away your indignation toward us. Will you be angry with us forever? Will you prolong your anger? Will you prolong your anger to all generations? Will you not revive us again, that your people may rejoice in you? Show us your steadfast love, O Lord, and grant us your salvation. Let me hear what God the Lord will speak, for he will speak peace to his people, to his saints. But let them not turn back to folly. Surely his salvation is near to those who fear him, that glory may dwell in our land. Steadfast love and faithfulness meet. Righteousness and peace kiss each other. Faithfulness springs up from the ground, and righteousness looks down from the sky. 
Yes, the Lord will give what is good, and our land will yield its increase. Righteousness will go before him and make his footsteps away. Children's Church for uh, um, elementary school age, about you know up to about ten. Um, we won't check IDs at the door. So, uh, but uh, any children like to go to Children's Church that is available. Um, I'm not Tim. I don't know if you noticed. Uh, Tim and Lisa are still uh, enjoying some vacation time, and uh, we'll be back with us next week. Uh, let's start with a word of prayer. Father, thank you for this morning. Thank you for the opportunity to sing praises to you, to worship you, uh, to glorify you. Uh, be with us now as we look into your word um, and talk about revival. Um, thank you for this opportunity. In Jesus' name, amen. I still think I'm sounding a little bright. I don't know. Maybe that's just me. Maybe I'm just really bright. <clears throat> We've talked about revival for a long time. Lately, it seems to be driven a lot by uh, the pandemic, uh, people calling for revival as we come out of the pandemic. Uh, before that, uh, frequently it was a political climate, um, uh, our nation uh, upsetting people who longed for uh, spiritual reawakening. Uh, similar to the various awakenings like uh, in the uh, 18th, 19th, and 20th century, the Great Awakening being most prominent. But what are we really asking for? What do we mean when we say we are seeking revival? Some are hoping uh, for our nation to return to a moral standard that they feel is right. Some are looking for a more favorable religious climate where their views are respected they want to be able to feel free to say Merry Christmas at Walmart. Uh, some are hoping revival will bring the lost to Christ. Others are looking for that increase in new believers to grow their local church, both in size and influence and sometimes in revenue. Often when we say revival, what we mean is outreach. What we mean is evangelism. We pray for the lost to come to Christ. A Billy Graham crusade is not a revival. It's evangelism. While this is great, it's a good goal, it's worthy uh, of the efforts to go through it, but it isn't revival. Revival is the reawakening of a person who's already a believer. The word revival is from the Hebrew word kayah, Yes, I mangled it, so what? <laughs> as far as you know, it's perfect. Uh, it, but it means to bring back to life, to restore to consciousness, or to restore to a previous condition. As stated in the Bible, it means a restoration, or a rejuvenation, uh, or a renewal of interest after spiritual neglect, oblivion, or obscurity outside of 
dictionary definition, it's a heartfelt return to God and his commandments. You revive a believer. I guess you vive an unbeliever. But we revive a believer. Um, the great uh, Charles Spurgeon says, Many blessings may come to the unconverted in consequence of a revival among Christians. But the revival itself has to do only with those who already possess spiritual life. So revival isn't necessarily evangelism, but by reinvigorating the faithful, I bet the lukewarm ones. We're, we're bringing back to life Christians, and that's revival. Um, I know it's unpopular, but I'm going to ask you to start flipping through your Bibles. We're going to look at a lot of scripture today. If you would turn to Revelations chapter 3, verses 15 through 17. Give you a second to do that. In the old days, there would be sounds of rustling everywhere. Now it's just people tapping on their phones. The world has changed. Revelation 3, verses 15 through 17, is one of the letters to the seven churches. It says, I know your works. You are neither cold nor hot. Would that you were either cold or hot. So because you are lukewarm and neither hot nor cold, I will spit you out of my mouth. For you say, I am rich, I have prospered, and I need nothing, not realizing that you are wretched, pitiful, poor, blind, and naked. God called you that, not me. Don't be mad at me. Revival is the restoration of God's presence to his people. In Exodus 33, God threatened to remove his presence from his people. Understand that there's no true meaning or purpose apart from God's presence. God says, I'm removing my presence. And Moses says, and what's the point of going on? God's presence is essential. We need him, and we were in never intended to live our lives without him. We were created to serve God and bring him glory through our lives. Spiritual revival happens when God's people are prepared. It happens when we're ready for it, with tender hearts, with humble spirits. We can't orchestrate widespread, far-reaching revival. It's not within our power to, to set those up. That's God's work. And too often we try to take God's work and, and program it. Revival begins with people coming under a deep, personal conviction and crying out in confession and repentance of their sin. Acts 3 19 through 20. Repent, therefore, and turn back that your sins may be blotted out, that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord, and that he may send the Christ appointed for you, Jesus. So, repent, turn back, that your sins can be blotted out, that times of refreshing or revival may come. Second Chronicles seven fourteen says, If my people who are called by my name humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sins and heal their land. 
Do you see what your part is in revival? We have an important role here. You need to repent. You need to turn from wicked ways. We need to humble ourselves before God. We need to pray. We need to seek God's face. Our job in revival is to be revivable. You got to want it. You got to work for it. We need to change our thinking away from asking God to revive our nation, our city, our church, and pray for us to be revived. Pray that I am revived. It's a personal revival. Revival is spiritual CPR. It's those paddles, you know, the ones they clear, um, that, uh, that restart your heart. That's revival. That's a reawakening. I think we too often hope and pray that God will bring revival to someone else. We want to see God at work all around us. Just don't get any on me. That God's work of revival will prosper and bless us, but without us being asked to change. That change, though, is good. What we're talking about is in revival is our reawakening, our returning to our first love. If your Bible's still open to Revelation 3, flip over a couple pages to Revelation chapter 2, verses 1 through 5. To the angel of the church in Ephesus write, The words of him who holds the seven stars in his right hand, who walks among the seven golden lampstands, I know your works, your toil, and your patient endurance, and how you cannot bear with those who are evil, but have tested those who call themselves apostles and are not, and found them to be false. I know you are enduring patiently and bearing up for my name, and you have not grown weary. So far, sounds good. But I have this against you, that you have abandoned the love you had at first. Remember, therefore, from where you've fallen. Repent and do the works you did at first. If not, I will come to you and remove your lampstand from its place unless you repent. The church at Ephesus worked hard. They stood against false teachers. They were enduring well, but they had lost their first love. They forgot why they were living this life. It's interesting that God calls these hard workers to fall back in love with their Savior. God didn't need their work. He wanted their love. God doesn't need our work. He needs our love. These were good Christians. He says, you lost your first love. Even Paul, in his letter to the Ephesians, urges them to be rooted and grounded in love, to know the love of Christ. Go to Ephesians chapter 3, um, starting in verse 14. Again, Paul writing to the church at Ephesus a few years before John uh, had his revelation. For this reason, I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power 
through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith that you being rooted and grounded in love may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled with all the fullness of God man who talks like that anymore maybe we should maybe we should talk to each other that way maybe not the flowy parts but encourage each other to love God return to our first love I don't know if you if you've had that experience of when you were saved that that zeal that that brightness that awesomeness talked about it in Sunday school that just that incredible moment and and now it's just we get up every morning and go okay I need coffee and we go from there during a very busy time at another church I kind of felt overwhelmed um, I was being asked to do a lot at the church um, and and having small children at home working a job um, you know, trying to put food on the table. I don't think any of you would really relate to that, but uh, it was a very busy time. I was very overwhelmed. And the associate pastor at the time encouraged me with the truth that God did not save me because he needed me as an asset to exploit. God didn't need me, Dan the worker, to go do a job. He saved me because he wanted me to be with him. God loves you, and he desires to be in a relationship with you. That's what it's about. That's what this is there for. Not to be toiling in the field. Yes, we toil in the field. But God wants you because he loves you, and he wants to have a relationship from our reading this morning, Psalm 85, 6. Will you not revive us again, that your people may rejoice in you? That's a different goal. We move the goalpost. Revival is our church becomes cool. There's lots of people that are Christian. We become a Christian nation once again. What does it say in Psalm 85? Will you not revive us again, that your people may rejoice in you? The point of revival so we can rejoice in God. God wants you to rejoice in him, before him and for him. He wants you to rejoice because that is revival. God's not interested in reviving your nation. He's not interested in reviving your political party, your city, or your church. His desire is to revive our love for him. But he wants that in every nation, every tribe, and every tongue. He wants the individual. He wants the person. He wants you to fall in love with him again. So how are we revived? How are we revived? Uh, go to Psalm chapter uh, Psalm 119. Everybody gets scared when you say Psalm 119? No, we're not preaching through the whole thing. Psalm 119, 
verse 50. This is my comfort in my affliction, that your promise gives me life. Scroll down, it's probably two or three pages away, but Psalm 119, verse 149. Hear my voice according to your steadfast love, O Lord, according to your justice, give me life. Your promise to give me life, uh, your justice give me life. Some translations actually use the English word revive in these passages. And that is the same, that Hebrew word uh, that we talked about. Remember that it means to have life or be restored to life. What he's saying in Psalm 119 is revive us again. Isaiah 127, Zion shall be redeemed by justice and those in her who repent by righteousness. Psalm 19, verse 7, if you go there, the law of the Lord is perfect, reviving the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. Psalm 51, 10, Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Look at the words used in those verses. Your promise gives me life. Your justice gives me life. We are redeemed by justice. Those in her, Zion, who repent by righteousness. So what's one of the keys for revival? when we follow the Lord's command. We follow his plan for our life. We enter into a place to be revived, to be restored. God's justice and promises with our repentance brings about revival. We keep sitting around praying for revival, but we don't start with repentance. We don't start with I love your law. I love your justice. I, you are righteous. We say, God, do a revival. What's that even mean? Habakkuk 3.2. I'm not going to make you turn there. You're welcome. Habakkuk 3.2. Oh, Lord, I have heard the report of you and your work. Oh, Lord, do I fear. In the midst of the years, revive it. In the midst of the years, make it known in wrath remember mercy Psalm 80 18 says give us life and we will call upon your name there's revival again you're revived you're bring back to life what should you do call on the Lord's name call out to the Lord go ahead and turn to John chapter 15 you'll look there talk about revival we need to talk about what we need to do to prepare for revival John 15 starting in verse 7 if you abide in me and my words abide in you ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you by this my father is glorified that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples as the father has loved me so I have loved you 
abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may be in you, and that your joy may be, may, may be full. So what are we asking for? Um, Bob Burris was talking um, mostly in Sunday School last week about the problem in Africa of the uh, prosperity gospel, the health and wealth gospel. Um, and um, besides Micah 3.10, John, this verse in John, you know, if you abide in me, ask whatever you wish, they tend to trim it down uh, and it will be done for you. But look what's promised to us. God's glorified that you bear much fruit, prove to be my disciples. As the Father's loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. When we ask for revival, are we abiding in the love of God? Or are we just dropping our prayer request into a box? Are we abiding? Are we loving? Are we keeping God's commandments? Have we repented? Have we made a commitment to follow God's commandments and ask for his help in doing that? Spurgeon says, if we want revivals, we must revive our reverence for the word of God. Revive our reverence for the word of God. When we throw revival out as a noun... And we don't put our verb actions on it. If we don't look at God's word and say, I need to do something here. I need to know God's word. I need to have a love for the word of God. And go from there. That's how we get to revival. If we don't know God's word, what do we think we're asking for when we pray for revival? What are we asking for? What do we say? I want, Lord, bring revival. What does that look like when, when that is all you're investing in this idea of revival? Do we even recognize God's reviving power when it happens? Do we recognize God's urging and pressing and encouraging and exhorting and the Holy Spirit working in our heart when we ask for revival? Or are we asking for revival for them and I'm going to go about my way? Because I'm good. I'm good. We need to be involved in this process. We need to be obedient in this process. And we need to be personal in this process. When we ask for revival, it's a personal prayer. Piper says, in the history of the church, the term revival, in its most biblical sense, has meant a sovereign work of God in which the whole region of many churches, many Christians, have been lifted out of spiritual indifference and worldliness in a conviction of sin, and earnest desires for more of Christ and his word. Boldness and witness, purity of life, lots of conversions, joyful worship, renewed commitment to mission. You feel that God's moved here. 
Basically then, this is Piper saying, revival is God doing among many Christians at the same time or in the same region what he's doing all the time in individual Christians' lives as people get saved and individually renewed around the world. So when we ask for revival of our nation, what we're asking for is God to do a work in a whole bunch of people all at once that he's doing a work in all the time. But how often do we include us in that? How do we, how do we make that personal? We need to pray that prayer personally. Revival is personal, but sometimes the results are corporate. Revival can be contagious. It takes you. It takes one. It takes us as individuals to commit to personal revival. And then revival happens in a church or a city or a nation because it's made up of these individuals who are each personally being revived in their relationship with God. And revival is that love that we have for God and God shows to us. Revival is reviving us to a relationship with God. Do you know how amazing that is? I think it's one of our songs, I think we sang it last week, about, you know, a creator God, and he wants a personal relationship with you and just how miraculous that is how incredible that is spiritual revival is when the people of God ask him to be part of their lives once again can this be a prayer every day can we get too much revival oh no I've had enough thank you can we pray for revival every day? God, revive us again. Revive me again. Revival comes when we pray and ask for God to reawaken our spirit and give us a thirst for God in our lives. How often do we pray for revival, but we don't? So many times I've heard churches, tent meetings, etc., praying diligently for revival. And they go, why didn't God bring revival? Do you realize God's standing there waiting, going, oh, I'm ready. <laughs> I'm ready for revival. I want revival in you. And he's going, how come God's not giving you a revival? Because you're not doing, you're not asking for revival. You're asking for God to make something else happen out there. It's personal. Make it personal. Revival is falling in love with our Savior all over again. Going back to that first love, that first fire, and falling in love with your Lord Jesus Christ being obedient to God. That's the hard one. We have to do something. We have to be obedient. We're our own people. We go our own way. No. You're a child of God. 
It's responding like a vibrant, alive person to the Holy Spirit in our lives every day. Every day, respond like a vibrant, alive person. Do you know how alive the Holy Spirit is? Do you know how vibrant the Holy Spirit is? And we just need to respond to that. Too often we're asking God to be alive. We're asking God to be vibrant. We're asking God to do something cool in revival. And what, what he's asking us to do is respond. The power of God is already there, already in you. Respond to it. React. React like a live person. Revival is when we have a hunger for God's word. Do you hunger for God's word? Is it necessary to you? When we seek his knowledge and we seek his wisdom instead of the world's. Do you go to your news feed first in the morning or do you go to the word first in the morning? Are you looking to the world for to craft your opinion of the day? Or are you going to God's word? to craft your opinion on how you're going to act today. You're going to Starbucks to fill up on caffeine, or you're going to the Word to fill up on the Holy Spirit? How do you react to a vibrant God? When we seek His knowledge, we seek His wisdom, the more we see of that, the more we're aware of it. And that's where revival comes. Do you want revival? Know what it is you're asking for and respond that way. Let's close. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for the opportunity for revival. Um, that, that we are born again is amazing. And then to say that we can then be revived when we walk away from our first love, when we walk away from you, that you are always there and you always want revival and you want to do a work in us that's amazing because you know how sweet and wonderful and amazing and glorious our relationship with you can be give us that hunger that desire and revive us in jesus name Thank you, Dan. This church is at an interesting moment right now in its history. I don't know if you guys are even aware of everything that God is doing here, but he's doing some really interesting things. Um, and as our family looks ahead, relationship with Christ is so, so, so important. I think more than preparing for a new job, more than thinking about the kind of music I'm going to lead or thinking about what it's going to mean to lead small groups, the most important thing for me to do is to have a good relationship with Jesus Christ. That's the most important thing for all of us to do. And I think about the moment in history in this church right now and the opportunity that Trinity has to renew their relationship with Christ and to ask 
Jesus to do that in this place. So thank you, Dan. I really appreciate you preaching this. It was such an encouragement to me, and I want to encourage you guys over the next couple months as things are transitioning, if you would give extra effort to ask the Lord to improve your relationship with him, that you could have more of Jesus Christ. I firmly believe that would do more for this church than asking for anything specific. Just that each one of us would improve our relationship with Christ and ask for more of him. And we're going to sing a song called Let the Church Rise, which is about revival. And in the song, it has a really interesting bridge that says, let your wind blow. And it always seems a little funny to me. It's kind of poetic. But if you think about it, it, referring to Pentecost, right? The sound of a rushing wind and the Holy Spirit coming upon the church. And that's that's what revival is, right? Because it's not going to happen. It's nothing we can well up in ourselves. It has to be a work of the Holy Spirit. So as we get to that point today, I just want you to kind of think about your relationship with Jesus Christ. And as you're singing, let your wind blow, revive us again. Yes, it's revive us. It's revive this church. But it's really revive me, revive my relationship with you, Jesus. So if you're able to stand, um, let's respond with some music. Lord, we see that you are working in Trinity in miraculous ways. And we pray, Lord, above all else, that our relationships with you one-on-one would improve, Lord, that we would desire more of you. That's more prayer, Lord. That's more conversation with you, I guess. Conversation with you is getting into your word and letting you speak to us praying as a people and as individuals that you would do that. Let's sing. We are alive, filled with your glorious light. Out of the dark, into your marvelous light. Let the church arise from 
Friday, which is, yes, the fourth Friday. We're good at church, we're not good at math. Uh, no, because Tim was out of town, we moved uh, the uh, fourth Friday prayer, third Friday prayer to fourth Friday, so uh, that will be this, this coming up Friday. Um, August 28th through the 30th of July is the Paradise um, uh, trip. And uh, we, we have a few people going. Uh, contact Tim if you've got questions, comments, whatever. Uh, and that is the fifth Friday, in case you were wondering. <laughs> kind of cool how that works, huh? Fifth Friday Paradise trip. Yeah. Um, August 5th, we have the opportunity of celebrating Tim's ordination into the Evangelical Free Church of America. Uh, it will be at 6 p.m. Dinner will be provided, and then at 7.30 we will move into uh, a service in here of uh, celebration and commissioning. 
we'll That's not a Friday, right? That is a Thursday. Okay, thank you. Just check it. So, yeah, we, 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 we kind of had to shift off the Friday things. We were getting a little overwhelmed there. Uh, it is on Thursday, August 5th at 6 p.m. Uh, please fill out your communication card. There's a communication card in the chair in front of you in the pocket. Uh, you should be filling those out anyways. We're back in the building. Fill that out and go ahead and RSVP on the back of that card. Uh, if you are planning on being there, uh, we really would like to know how many people to get food for. So if you don't RSVP and you show up and there's no food, it's kind of your own fault. Uh, <laughs> no, please RSVP on that card so we know how much, how much food to get. It is open to everyone within the sound of my voice, um, including those on Zoom. Uh, and uh, come out and, uh, and celebrate with us uh, Tim's um, uh, ordination. Tonight at Leftovers, it's a potluck. I figured if I taught Sunday school and preached, I wasn't going to go cook you guys a big meal. So uh, come on out to Leftovers for potluck tonight, starting at 5.30. Try to get done by 7.30-ish, at least give people an opportunity to get home and, and get ready for Monday. If anyone is interested and uh, doesn't know how to get to my house, contact me. And um, I'm the tall guy in the blue shirt. And uh, I'll get you directions to the house. Tonight is a potluck, pure potluck. We have no idea what's going to end up on the table. So it's going to be fun. On the theme of potluck, next Thursday will be a Thursday night Bible study at the Reese's home. And after a three and a half year study in Isaiah, <laughs> we finished. And uh, what's that? Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think you need to start again. They forgot yeah. the first part. Yeah. <laughs> Actually made a reference to Isaiah 1 when we did 66. Oh, that was good. pretty okay. cool. Um, it will be a potluck to celebrate our, our finishing, uh, just to keep us on the theme of potlucks, because there's not enough potlucks at church. That's all the announcements I have. If you would please rise for our benediction uh, out of our uh, scripture this morning. Psalm 85, 6. Will you not revive us again that your people may rejoice in you? Show us your steadfast love, O Lord, and grant us your salvation. Go in peace. Let the church rise from the ashes. Let the church fall to her knees. Let us be light in the darkness. Let the church rise. Let the church rise.